Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Estate Agents Podcast. Sadly, Luke can't be with us today, but I am joined by Stephen. Uh, Stephen um, Brown, and it's, it's like his dog. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, the dogs have awoken. So um, one's, one's, one's just run into the garden and the, and the other one's just coming in. <laughs> Saying hello to everybody. Okay, Nigel, shall we start that again? I know you wanted to talk about animals. So you've got two making a big racket. And I'm so impressed that my little boy Alfie is sitting outside my office who wanted to come in and I wouldn't let him in because I thought I'd be professional. I'll just repeat that for you, Stephen. I thought I'd be professional. Well, <laughs> just, just wait till the parrot starts singing then. Uh, I'm excited already. I'm excited <laughs> already. So this week's guest is none other than Nigel Risner, um, author... Um, I've just received the uh, copies, thank you Nigel, of It's a Zoo Around Here and the Impact Code and I look forward to, uh, to getting stuck into those. But the one that I'm most interested in, which I believe there's a follow-up book coming out later this year, is It's a Zoo Around Here. And I was privy to a Facebook Live that you did last week with um, Matilda on uh, this very topic and you are... A zookeeper, your chief zookeeper. Yeah, I mean, my official business card says chief zookeeper, which did help me two weeks ago when I went to Bristol Zoo and there was no parking except for staff. <laughs> so I get there and I say, look, I'm a zookeeper. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, here's my For our listeners. Card. And it says chief zookeeper. And I got a space right by the front door. They then showed me into the zoo and I felt very impressed with myself. <laughs> that's fantastic Nigel for our listeners please explain what that means so I've worked with companies for about 35 years and I've worked with many staff with small organizations from four people to 60,000 people and the biggest issue when you work with people is understanding the personalities that you're dealing with so in my humble opinion and it's just my opinion 95% of the world can be described as one as four animals and your job is to manage them or really to lead them and feed them the food they need, not the food you want. So about 12 years ago, I got involved in communication studies. I then did quite a lot of work in America. And then I came up with this idea that if you could zookeeper and be an official zookeeper to your staff, you would get more out of them and they would produce better results because you'd be looking after their personal needs. So if you feed animals the right food, you get fantastic responses. Absolutely. So please, for our listeners, describe the animals. So there are four main animals, and there are four new animals in my new book, which I will plug a bit later on. But the four main animals, especially from an estate agency point of view, and in a retail point of view and customer facing, we have the monkeys who are energetic, lively, persuasive people who could sell a three-bedroom house even if it only had one room. But they'd pretend it was three bedrooms because you could divide it into three. And I'm sure with a bit of an extension, even if we didn't have planned permission, we could make it into something special. So you've got your monkeys who have a very short attention span, but they are very energetic. Then we have the lions who are normally the managing partners of an estate agency firm who think they could run the whole estate agency office on their own. They don't need anybody else. They've been doing it for 20 years. All these young whippersnappers that have come into it and all these internet people and all these right move zooplers and all this stuff is a waste of time. We could just sell houses the way we always sold them. 
And what they're great at is being direct and to the point. What they're not great at is communication because they think there's only their way or no way. Then you have the elephants who are normally lawyers, estate, uh, sorry, lawyers, surveyors, uh, doctors, consultants, who are left-brained and who need lots and lots of detail. So they would still like you to send them estate agents particulars. And they would like all the dimensions, they'd like all the sizes, they'd like to have many plug points on each room. And they don't want to read it on the internet. They'd like a, a brochure. That's their favorite word in the world. A brochure so they can see it, feel it, and touch it. Big advantage is if they commit to it and they've done all their research, they'll buy. And if they don't like what you've sent and they think you're lying, they will never buy from you. And then we have the dolphins, who are lovely, friendly people who want the whole world to sing in harmony. And they'd like it to be near a school and obviously near a nursery. And if there could be a special room where we could all relax, that would be lovely. With Feng Shui and a garden facing the southwest. Now, you have all those type of people who are coming into your office or who work in your office. And your job is to manage them. And that's not easy because they have different needs and different wants. And that's where the zookeeper comes in. Fantastic. Love it. So, um, obviously, you're Chief Monkey. Well, that's one of the problems, that I'm a Chief Monkey and the Chief Zookeeper. And, oh, so the, reason is, and the reason this podcast probably started later, because I couldn't get my connections to work, because I just thought it must work, because it always does. And that's how monkeys operate. It usually works, it should work, and our favourite word is ish. So about seven-ish will start, and that should be fine. And that's one of the problems, if you're a monkey, that most of the time it works. <laughs> so um if you're a monkey how do you get the best out of your lions elephants and dolphins well the first thing you've got to understand is they work at a different speed to you so monkeys are very very fast and we sometimes i'll use the word bullshit that we just think at about 19 is the average number doesn't matter what the question was 19 is about the right number you know <laughs> I think it's about 19 square feet. It's about 19 feet in the garden. I'm sure it's 19 feet to the nearest bus stop and 90 feet to the post office. It's about yeah, Remember, Nigel, estate agents don't lie. They're honest. No, they don't, don't lie. It's about 19, they do. <laughs> so that's okay. So if you're working with a lion, they want very bottom line information. So they don't want to know roughly how many houses there are. They need to know exactly how many houses are on the left-hand side of your street but they want it done very quickly. They don't want to show, be shown a map. They just want honest, quick information. The problem is it puts you under a bit of pressure because they, you only have one chance of them. They don't suffer fools gladly. If you have elephants, you need to think about the question they're asking because they nearly know the answer to the question they're asking. There's a deeper meaning to the question they're asking. So if I'm working with an elephant, I always ask them exactly what do you mean with the question you've asked so I clarify what they've asked for. Otherwise, say 19, when the question was, you know, how many times a week do you have sex? doesn't work. And that's what often happens. And then you've got the dolphins who want to make sure that the world is fair. So if you're dealing with them, you've got to speak slower. And you have to tilt your head to the left a little bit. And you have to make sure it's going to serve a purpose, your answer. So it's not that complicated. It's about being a better listener. And most monkeys are so fast in their response, they don't listen to the answer. Sorry, they don't listen to the question. So what tips would you have for people to become better listeners if they're monkeys? Okay, so the word, if you look at the word listen and you write it down, the last three letters of listen is 10. 
So as many years that you've been taught you have two ears and one mouth, it doesn't work for monkeys. You have to list 10. You have to listen 10 times as much as you normally would to make sure you've heard the right question and you give the right answer. Most monkeys are not really in the room. We call it missing presumed selling. You think they're there, but they're not. Their mind is elsewhere. And most of the time, monkeys are on the next property, the last property, the next vendor, the last vendor, and thinking about what they're having for lunch. Nigel, we spoke um, and you kindly uh, gave up some, some time to me the other day. And one of the questions that um, one of my friends has asked me to ask you, Richard Morris, he's very uh, analytical. Um, he likes to understand the psychology of selling. Um, and his question for you is, can you be two animals? Okay, so, so Stephen said he saw me speak for the Academy for Chief Execs like 20 years ago. So I do a lot of work with chief executives. And I do a lot of work with managing directors. And I can be quite short, sharp to the point. And my wife is a therapist. And there are often times where I have to be a bit more gentle. I can be nearly free of them if I really want to be. And I really try hard. The problem is when I'm put under pressure, I'll always revert to monkey. So I can, I can go to the left or right of me slightly, but I can never go diagonally opposite my main trait. So I struggle working with elephants because they just want too much information from me. What would you say then makes the ideal office manager leader? Okay, so first of all, we don't have managers, we have leaders because you lead people and you manage things. So, you know, we are all leaders if we run with people and we want to work with people. The best type of leader, in my humble opinion, is either a lion or a monkey. Traditionally, because the monkey would have taken risks and set something up, or the lion has an idea about which way he wants to go. The problem is they have to understand what the elephants and dolphins are about. Elephants have a problem being a leader because they can't make a decision quick enough because they want to make sure all the all the bases are covered dolphins struggle being a leader because they spend so long making sure everyone else is happy they don't get the needs of the organization met so i've got somebody who i described to you as a very clear monkey in my office and uh, actually it was um, something that came out of your facebook live the other day and it was very very interesting because i've got somebody in my office who for every new instruction gets hyper hyper excited but that lasts for one day, one phone out, bang as many viewings in as possible. And then it's, Andy, what's the next house that's coming on the market? I want that next big shiny thing. As a manager, sorry, as a leader. Very good. How would I work with that monkey? Okay, so the first thing you need to and, recognize. And also, Nigel, what about the stock? Sorry, what about the stock that's hanging around on the market? Because we all have those that sell instantly but we also have those that need to be worked. Who's best placed to sell those? Okay, so you, you asked about eight questions, which is classic as a line like you are. They just throw <laughs> thousands of questions out. And as a monkey, I've got to try and remember what you said, and I can't, but I'll do two of them because I think I remember. When you have a monkey that a new house comes along or a new flat or a new letting, they're super excited because it's new and they get a chance to look at a new toy and they want to play with it. So you have to remember, monkeys are really children in disguise, okay? So we like a new toy. We actually like the box better than the toy, but that's a separate issue. But we like the toy. 
we want to play with it. And here's the problem that after about two hours, it's boring. We've played with it. So your job as a line stroke leader is to make an incentive for all the old stock. That there's no prices for selling new stock. Your job is to get me to be interested in the old stock. So you've got to find different prizes. Like, for example, if I rang up seven applicants on old stock, I get a banana. If I ring 14, I get an ice cream. If I do 21, I get an Amazon voucher. If I do 40 phone calls, I get a 25-pound dinner voucher. Trying to sell a new property is easy for monkeys because we look at it and go, oh, this is exciting. We like that. Anything older than about three days is boring because we've played with the toy. Do you have children? Yes, two. All right. Are you, are you a Christmas person? Yes, very much right. so. Right, so two days after Christmas and they've played with their toys, what happens? Uh, mine generally play with a wrap, wrapper and the boxes first, but after two days they kind of, uh, well, they get bored, don't they? And they well, move on to something else. Well, so, so they are no different to your monkeys, okay? So they like the wrapper and they get the box and they want to hit each other over the head with the box or with the, <laughs> and get in the box. But, uh, but then what we, we think happens is we think, oh, they're going to want to go into a system. Let's put all the toys in the system and we'll pick and choose the ones we haven't used already. They're not going to do that. So I don't know why we think monkeys would when they, you know, in, in the old days, an estate agent could be 16 or they could be 18 or they could be 21. They came straight out of school. The day before they were 16, they were playing with their action men. The following day, you expect them to be a negotiator. I don't know why you think they're still not children. I'm 57 and I'm still a child. Very true. I celebrated my 26th anniversary as an estate agent yesterday, and I too joined straight from school. Uh, 23rd of July, 1993. So much has changed since then. Congratulations. Yeah, but, but here's the point. But as a monkey, and you have lots of negotiators, especially people who've come out of school or university as a first job, they've been with you a year or two, they like shiny things. It's always a new house, sir. And it gives them an excuse to ring the other people they haven't sold to by saying we've got a new property. Your job is to incentivize them daily, hourly, weekly, minute by minute to sell the old stock. There's no prices for selling new stock. That's easy. Can I ask a question, please? Go for it. Okay. So I've got a theory. It's called the Ed Theory. So, a property's on the market with an agency. Did you say the Ed theory or bed? Ed, yeah. No, okay. bed, bed, bed's in about five minutes. Ed's a bit later. Yeah. So, the Ed theory is that a property's been on the market for three, four, five, six months. Nobody in the estate agency office can sell it. Ed starts today as a new starter has no preconceptions as that about that property and why it hasn't sold and manages to sell it in the first week. But you, but you hit the nail on the head because about preconceived ideas. Most estate agents and most people I know in sales, their background and their past gets in the way of their future. So if you don't have a past and you looked at a new property to them, it's a wonderful property. It's a chance to sell. Every single week, your staff have to look at all their properties and make a decision. What's the game for this week? And you've got to make it a game. You've got to make it a competition. Otherwise, what happens is after three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, if it hasn't sold, we then in our minds go, it's not sellable. And the minute we say that in our minds, it becomes an unsellable property. 
how do you change their mindset then? By either asking them to go and have a look at the house personally, so they physically feel, touch it, emotionally get involved in the house, or create an incentive for them to put some energy into that property and take them off the new properties for a week. Okay, thank you. If you've got five new toys in front of you, and there's five old toys, but you still keep the five new toys in front of you, and you say to a kid, you mustn't play with those toys, it will last 10 minutes. We're both smiling. Andy's got a big smile on his face with all, we keep, with all these toys. But we keep doing it. That's the point. You know, every time the new iPhone comes out, which, which is exactly the same as the last iPhone, it's got 18 more pixels. It allows you to do one more thing. We literally get rid of the iPhone 6, the iPhone 7, the iPhone 8. We didn't even do a 9. They get rid of the iPhone 10. And there are some people waiting for the iPhone 12. I mean, how many more things can you want it to do? Very true. Nigel, you've worked with loads and loads of CEOs um, across the globe, quite literally. Um, you mentioned that I um, saw you about 20 years ago and you were fantastic then. Very so, kind of you. No, you were. You're exceptional. Um, what traits, qualities do you see with the top performers? Because for me, success leads clues. So, um, you know, obviously you've trained, you've worked with them. Um, you've inspired them continuously. You've re-energized them. So what are their top, top traits? So there's three parts to that. One of the best traits for successful people is they understand they can only be in the room for about 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. They only, they only have a focus. You got, you got that. We've got five minutes left. Okay. So you've got 20 to 30 minutes literally to get people on board. They need regular breaks. They need to drink more water. They need to understand why they're doing what they're doing. What's their purpose? And I often ask people that successful people have personal needs and they work towards their personal needs. I'll put money on. Both of you have no idea what the top five personal needs are of your team. Would be very fair. Okay. okay well, if you don't I know do. what the top five don't, and I'll, I'll do a challenge with you in a second. But if you don't know what the top five personal needs are of your team, how do you motivate them? And successful people don't necessarily want to earn more money. They want to get their personal needs met. Lions just think it's about money. Successful people know it's about personal needs. I've no idea why you think I'm a lion. I've no idea at all. But here's <laughs> the point. When, you, when your staff really own up to what their personal needs are and you can motivate them that way, you will see them shine. And the most successful people I know have their personal needs in front of them and everything they do is about getting that stuff met. So you, they need to know why they come to work. It's not just for money. So as a leader, how would you get that information from your lion, monkey, elephant or dolphin? By what? First, were you sharing yours? Okay. And most leaders don't share theirs because they're, they're worried it sounds a bit pants. So one of my personal needs is I need to have Diet Coke wherever I go. Okay? That's one of my personal needs. I spoke at an event yesterday and I saw the crib sheet and it said, Nigel Risner will require Diet Coke on stage the whole time he's speaking. How do you think I felt when I get onto the stage and there's two cans of Diet Coke there? How do you think I felt? Fairly special. Yep. That's the whole point. Forget what they were paying me. But as I came onto stage, I thought, wow, they've listened to me. 
all of a sudden now, my performance is up by 5% because I feel special. It's not a big deal, but it makes a difference to me. If you'd have given me Diet Pepsi, I'd have thought, you nearly got it, but you didn't listen to my instructions. And that's the problem that we have, that we think we're motivating them with money or we're motivating them with holiday. There are people in your office that have different requirements and the successful people will know exactly what their personal needs are. That's awesome advice. Now, we all get to that point where miscommunication shines through. And you've got a theory about that, which leads us nicely into uh, your next book. When's it due, Nigel? Well, it should be out on the 15th of October. We're launching it at Edinburgh Zoo, strangely enough. Fantastic. And so the new book is Zookeeper Rules for the Office. And you have a theory. And you're introducing four more animals. What's the thought process behind that? So it's especially relevant for someone like you, Andy, because <laughs> I think you're focused and you're driven. The problem is when you don't meet the personal needs of your team, they will go into a secondary animal. So people like me as a monkey, if you don't play with me and you don't show what's going on for me, I get really annoyed. Okay. Are you with me here? Absolutely. So what do you turn into? What do you think I turn into? I have no idea. A gorilla, probably. Worse than that, I turn into a hyena. Crikey. I've got one of those upstairs when she doesn't get played with. Well, well, well that's a strange point, what you've just said there. Because when you don't play, and I've just lost my... I can't see you now, but that's no, no problem at all. You can still hear me. Yes. I turn into a hyena. When my needs aren't met... What happens is I get angry and then I just bite at people. And so all of a sudden, this friendly person that I was, my laughter starts coming out in a really weird way. So if you ever see hyenas who then will attack lions and elephants, it seems like they're laughing at you. They are. Very interesting because I know that we've privately discussed, I believe I've got an, an elephant and a monkey in the office. So my, my monkey turns into a hyena uh, which can be very dangerous for a lion, very confrontational, no doubt. What, what do I turn into? What does the uh, proverbial lion turn into? You turn into a tiger and you even eat your own. You know, you can get so angry that you go a little bit solitary and then you can just eat everybody around you because you need to get your personal needs met. A, a tiger with a hyena is vicious. See, one tiger with a hyena is fine. What you can't cope with is if we had 25 hyenas on you, I, I could get you to run away. But one tiger versus a hyena, I'm never going to win. It's interesting, Nigel. I know you said you couldn't see us, but Stephen sat there laughing. I think it's the point where you said you go solitary because I think he would describe it as I sulk. Yes, well, you see, I can see you now, Andy. I'll probably see Stephen in a minute when he presses <laughs> his button. Well, you see, that's what we all do. We sulk, but what's worse is for your elephants and the people who are information-driven, what they do is they go rhino. And rhinoceroses, what they do is they go very solitary. They then, you can't see them, and then they'll charge you with information. So they'll come to you with 20 questions. They'll come to you with 20 agents particulars. They'll come to you with 20 council issues, section 21, etc. And they'll storm you without you having any idea what's going on. And then you're in real trouble because they are vicious. They're probably the wildest animals in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Serengeti. Kill more people than anyone else. So your dolphins, how do they react? 
Well, so all of a sudden, to these three innocent people, when you let them down three times... Ax people, what do they... What do... I'm going to tell you, but what lions do to dolphins are, you let them down a bit because you know they'll be okay. Eventually, a dolphin turns into a shark. And then the sharks just start circling and pick off the weakest. So most people will have a, a, an admin assistant. It used to be in the old days, you'd have a receptionist, someone who'd come in and stuff the envelopes. Remember those days where you'd have stuffing envelopes, they'd make tea and coffee, they'd help around the office, and they'd be very sweet. And then you'd let them down. And at that point, all of a sudden, that's when trouble starts. Ferocious. Listen, I look forward to reading that book. You say it's due out on October the 15th? Uh, we hope so, yes. We're just, we're just getting the launch date done for Edinburgh Zoo. Uh, the chief exec is doing the forward for our book, and we're just getting everything in place for it. Nigel, you've been an awesome guest. How can people get hold of these books? I know you were very kind enough um, to um, uh, allow me to purchase them directly. That's the impact code, and it's a zoo around here. So they're How either on Amazon. All our books are on Amazon, or you can email nigel at nigelrisner.com or monkey at nigelrisner.com or elephant at nigelrisner.com and Alison who's my CEO that's the chief ex chief elephant officer she will deal with it and I have to say she is incredibly thorough very direct and very serving I had my books delivered within 48 hours well you see that see that wouldn't have happened to a monkey I would have said yes it's on its way having no idea what to do and also i'd just like to say um you and neil martin your podcast your best year starts here which is released every monday morning is exceptional as well that's very kind so, of you so for our listeners if you're not listening to that subscribe to that as well obviously make sure you rate and review ours before you rate and review theirs not that Obvious, we're competitive in any way both as long as they're six stars that's fine that's as classic as it goes. Let's make sure we get ours done first. <laughs> Nigel, just before we uh, we let you disappear, I'd like you to uh, tell me, what's Stephen? Uh, Stephen is a monkey with lion tendencies. Okay? The problem is, he thinks he's a lion, but he's much more of a monkey. <laughs> and we'll leave it right there, folks. Thanks for listening. Nigel, as ever, thank you for your time. Um, I, I've taken so much from, from our telephone call the other day. Um, and uh, making a start on the book now. Um, really looking forward to it. And uh, obviously, October, I shall be purchasing the new one, which for one final time, one last plug is called... Zookeeper Rules for the Office, Tame the Beasts and Build a Team and Thrive. <laughs> Great title. Fantastic. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Take Bye. care.